Hello, and welcome to the Middle East Forum speaker webinar series and podcast. I'm Stacey Roman, and I will be hosting this discussion today. We're pleased to have Efim Inbar, president of the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security, join us to discuss a renewed Iran deal and Israel's options. Dr. Inbar will speak for 15 minutes and answer questions. As this is a pre-recorded webinar, we will not be taking questions. And with that, I will now play the webinar with Efraim Inbar. Uh, I will uh, say a few words about uh, a potential uh, deal between the United States and Iran. The U.S. has been uh, desperate to get a deal and uh, because it wants to do other things in the world. And uh, now uh, I think it's even more desperate to get uh, the Iran file uh, out of its sight. Uh, because uh, Iran is indeed now less uh, important to the United States, the uh, whole issue. It has for several reasons. First of all, it has a war in, in Ukraine and it is busy uh, trying to defeat the Russians. It's fighting until the last uh, Ukrainian and it uh, may take some time uh, because it's going to be probably a prolonged uh, war. Uh, so it has, Iran is less important for the United States nowadays. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we have an energy crisis and uh, the Americans want uh, the American oil, the Iranian oil, excuse me, to, to be on the market. Uh, it has inflation uh, and uh, of course, uh, more oil might reduce uh, the energy prices that drive many Americans crazy. Uh, if we take a look at Europe, uh, I think uh, we see a similar uh, situation. Uh, the Europeans were much less concerned than Americans about uh, Iranian uh, nuclear threat. And uh, they are, uh, of course, now, like the Americans, busy with Russia. Uh, it was a shock for them that uh, there is a war in Europe and they try to uh, um, change their beliefs that they are living in a paradise. And uh, they are dealing primarily with, uh, with Russia, but uh, the energy crisis hits them even more hard, harder than uh, the Americans. And uh, they want uh, as well, uh, Iran to join the world and get rid of the sanctions, be able to uh, sell freely uh, its energy resources uh, to the world. Um, and uh, we should realize that uh, the Europeans uh, always wanted uh, to have access to the Iranian market. They want to export, it's a large country. Yeah, they want to do business with Iran. And as a result of that, uh, of course, we are less uh, willing to put pressure on Iran in order to sign a favorable uh, deal for uh, uh, international security. Uh, now the negotiations are stuck over the Iranian demands for uh, removing 
זה Islamic Revolutionary Guards from the terrorist list that the United States has, uh, and uh, I think that uh, eventually uh, we'll see an agreement and try to explain why. Iran, uh, they are hard bargainers. Uh, they have a bizarre uh, mentality. There are no fixed prices uh, in, uh, in the Iranian bazaar, and they, uh, every <coughs> price is a subject for negotiations. They also have time. This is uh, their mentality, part of their mentality. There is no rush uh, to uh, get a deal, and this explains why they procrastinated for so long. And uh, nowadays, uh, obviously, they understand Uh, that the West is uh, more under pressure uh, to get a deal as than before, and they will try uh, to get an advantage in uh, whatever deal is going to be signed. Uh, in the meantime, we see uh, Iran uh, escalating the, their behavior on uh, the nuclear issue. Just to remind you a few uh, things. Iran refuses to supply information or an explanation to the International Atomic Energy Agency in Vienna uh, about uh, the, the findings of uh, traces of uranium in several places. This is part of the military program uh, of Iran uh, that was exposed by uh, the nuclear archives that uh, uh, the Israeli Mossad has smuggled away. And uh, indeed, the IAEA uh, censored, censored Iran for this behavior. And uh, the Iranians uh, simply said that this is uh, a hostile behavior on part of this international organization. and uh, are actually willing to cooperate less with uh, this watchdog. Uh, they informed Iran of installing, installing uh, two new cascades of centrifuges at uh, Natanz, uh, and uh, those uh, uh, centrifuges, uh, IR6, are uh, actually 10 times as fast as uh, those that were allowed by the 2015 JCPOA. And uh, uh, the JCPOA actually allowed Iran to continue their research on centrifuges, and indeed they succeeded in producing much faster centrifuges that will uh, produce a faster fissionable material, which is necessary for a bomb. Uh, Iran also uh, removed uh, in uh, reaction to the uh, IAEA uh, decision uh, surveillance cameras uh, in their uh, nuclear installations that are supposed to be uh, inspected and surveyed by this organization. And also uh, Iran has been uh, uh, <clears throat> holding halting the footage of uh, many cameras that were installed by uh, the international watchdog. Uh, and again, signaling that they are resolute in uh, continuing to hold on to their uh, position. So Iran indeed escalates 
in, in the dialogue with the West and with the International Atomic Energy Agency. The, the big question is, of course, will Iran miss the opportunity to sign a, a new agreement, a new JCPOA uh, with uh, the international community? Uh, the Russian poet Pushkin, you know, has a famous fable about the fisherman's wife. The fisherman caught a fish that uh, wanted to be freed and promised many things to the uh, to the fisherman, uh, but every time the wife wanted more and more, and eventually uh, this fish was able to uh, <laughs> free itself and. Uh, the fisherman wife remains with nothing. I doubt very much if this fable is applicable uh, to the Iranians uh, because they want a deal. The deal uh, will legitimize their nuclear program and they want uh, this legitimacy. Of course, they also want uh, the hundred billion dollars that uh, are intended to go to, uh, to Iran if uh, uh, the sanctions end. It is a lot of money. Much of it was, uh, will go, of course, to the pockets of the elite there, but some of it will also filter down uh, to the people, and they are in bad economic shape, so they want definitely uh, the money and uh, to continue with their nuclear program. Uh, knowing well that they can get away with many uh, uh, violations of this uh, of this agreement, uh, I think also uh, a, an agreement will minimize uh, the legitimacy or even deny the legitimacy to Israeli uh, probable military action uh, against uh, the Iranian nuclear reactor. Uh, moreover, the West, uh, in my view, uh, will not end the negotiation and tell the Iranians, that's it, you used up your time and now you are without an agreement. They will continue to play the game. We just heard uh, the Biden administration telling uh, the Iranians that despite uh, the decision at the uh, IAEA, uh, they will continue to negotiate with the uh, Iranians uh, about uh, an agreement, a nuclear agreement, and they may even make concessions because they want this agreement to remove uh, this piece, uh, you know, this uh, issue from uh, their agenda. Um, therefore, I think that eventually we'll have an agreement, uh, and uh, uh, I'm not sure this is a good development. Uh, Israel definitely prefers a situation where there is no agreement uh, precisely because of the reasons uh, that Iran wants an agreement, uh, because it legitimizes continuous military uh, 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 program of, uh, of, the, of the Iranians. Uh, it, uh, you know, with no agreement, there will be continuous economic pressure on Iran, although this is not a central issue. Uh, international sanctions uh, have proved effective only in few cases. 
uh, in the world. Cuba was under international sanctions for many years, American sanctions. Uh, also, uh, Venezuela is under sanctions, and uh, those sanctions didn't change the behavior of those states. And of course, uh, with no agreement, uh, Israel will have greater legitimacy for continuing the military conflict with Iran and uh, its, to its ability to make good on its promise to uh, end by force uh, this uh, nuclear program. And actually, we should recognize that there is a war going on uh, between uh, Iran and Israel. And uh, uh, if there will be an agreement or there will be no agreement, we'll see a, a escalation in uh, the, this war that is going on between Iran and, and, and Israel. Uh, we've seen it also in the recent weeks. In recent weeks, we've seen in Israeli uh, intensified efforts in several areas. Uh, first of all, in eliminating uh, Iranian personnel involved in the nuclear program, primarily uh, nuclear scientists. We've seen uh, a greater effort in eliminating uh, Iranian personnel involved in uh, planning terrorist activities against Israel. And we've seen, of course, uh, the Iranians reacting to that. Uh, we've seen Israeli intensified activities to uh, affect negatively the capabilities of Iran to attack Israel. For example, we've seen attacks on their United uh, UAVs, unmanned air vehicles. Uh, about a hundred of them were destroyed by uh, uh, an attack from an unnamed source. Uh, we've seen uh, uh, last week an Israeli attack on uh, the Syrian airport in Damascus, uh, attacking the runways. And this is a clear escalation because the Damascus International Airport is clearly a civilian uh, target. Nevertheless, Israel decided uh, to hit the airport in order to prevent uh, further transport of uh, equipment that could uh, help Hezbollah uh, make their missiles uh, more accurate, which are a problem for Israel. Hezbollah has uh, over 100,000 missiles in Lebanon, and most of them are, are not accurate. If uh, those are becoming accurate, um, the price Israel might pay from a Hezbollah attack uh, might be much uh, more costly. Uh, and I think that uh, there are additional arenas uh, in which we may see uh, a clear uh, armed conflict between the two countries. Uh, the Iranians may attack uh, Jewish targets abroad. We've seen uh, a, an attempt 
by Iran to attack Israeli tourists in Turkey, and uh, as a result of Turkish-Israeli co cooperation, uh, this attack was prevented. But we should assume that they will continue uh, with this type of uh, attacks, maybe against Jewish targets uh, elsewhere, against Israeli uh, consulates, maybe embassies. And they tried that in the past. They were not always very successful, uh, but this is a clear arena uh, where we may see uh, further uh, Iranian activity. I think another clear arena is, of course, Lebanon. Um, there is uh, one area of dispute in which Hezbollah uh, made clear threats against Israel, and this is an um, exploration uh, uh, of gas in uh, the exclusive economic zone uh, in the north of Israel. There is a dispute between Israel and Lebanon. Uh, the Americans tried for years to try to bring an, an understanding, and Hezbollah basically blocked any uh, possible uh, agreement between Israel on, and, and Lebanon, despite the fact that Lebanon is in, in a dire economic uh, situation and uh, having an agreement on Israel on uh, gas exploration in this area uh, can bring them a lot of economic uh, benefits. So this is, uh, uh, you know, uh, we may expect a, a Hezbollah attacked on, uh, on a ship that uh, is, or in a, a gas rig, by the way, gas rigs were, Israeli gas rigs were already attacked by Hamas in the past. So uh, uh, this is a clear arena where we may see uh, armed conflict between uh, Israel and one of Iranian's proxies. Uh, we may see also a conflict, armed conflict, in the Red Sea. Uh, we should remember that the Houthis are proxies of Iran in Yemen. They are in control of uh, uh, strategic sites along the uh, Red Sea. Uh, we've seen in the past uh, Iranian ships, primarily for intelligence, purposes uh, uh, being there and having a conflict with Israel. Uh, we may see, uh, uh, again, uh, Iranian ships in the Red Sea. And also, uh, it's uh, quite clear that the Iranians were uh, equipped by Iran with long-range missiles that, according to the Iranian and Houthi claim, can reach uh, southern Israel, uh, in particular as the southern port of, of Eilat. So this is uh, another area where uh, we may uh, see greater uh, conflict between the two countries. Uh, another area which uh, we've seen in only recently, uh, you know, a conflict between, armed conflict between the two countries is uh, KRG, the Kurdish uh, independent region in northern of Iraq. Uh, the Iranians uh, attacked by UAVs and missiles certain sites that they claimed uh, were uh, uh, 
part of the Israeli presence there. And uh, this is something that I'm sure the Israelis are concerned because there is, indeed there is an Israeli presence in this area which is close uh, to Iran. It has a border with Iran and uh, it is useful uh, to Israel uh, for several uh, purposes. Uh, so um, uh, we may see an escalation. We should be aware that uh, Israel at this time probably is not ready for uh, an attack on the Iranian nuclear infrastructure. Unfortunately, because of uh, the many elections in Israel, uh, the Netanyahu government neglected uh, to develop uh, the option of a preventive strike. And only uh, the new government headed by, uh, uh, by Prime Minister Bennett allocated uh, the money uh, that is needed to upgrade Israeli capabilities in order to execute effectively such an uh, attack. And indeed, Israel is uh, acquiring uh, the materials, is training uh, over uh, the Mediterranean in order to be better prepared uh, when it will be ordered, the military, when it will be ordered to carry out an attack uh, on uh, the Israeli, on the Iranian key nuclear uh, installation. Our uh, institute, the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security, has uh, actually uh, advocated and presented to the government uh, a proposal for uh, preemptive strikes against Iranian proxies as soon as possible. Uh, for several reasons. First of all, because Israel, as I mentioned, is not ready yet to carry out uh, the necessary military steps to uh, uh, neutralize the Iranian military nuclear capability. Also, I think we should uh, uh, attack the proxies in order to reduce the price that Israel will have to pay in case that Israel will attack Iran. Iran is aiding those proxies and is to some extent restraining them in order to prepare them for attacking Israel in the case that Iran is attacked. This is, of course, true of Hezbollah uh, and also of Hamas. So uh, in order to uh, uh, reduce the price in the future, it is necessary uh, to attack as soon as possible in order to destroy uh, the, particularly the missile capabilities of Hezbollah and Hamas. Uh, Finally, I think it's very important to realize 
Abraham Accords are at stake. If we don't do any muscular action against Iran, the Abraham Accords uh, may uh, disappear. As uh, Gulf countries uh, reach the conclusion that as America exits the region, uh, it is only Israel that can uh, effectively uh, put an end to an Iranian nuclear threat. Uh, and if we don't uh, show that we are serious about it at this time by attacking the proxies, uh, those countries will have second thought about the utility of uh, the Abraham Accords for their own countries. After all, we should realize that the Gulf countries can acquire, they have enough money to uh, acquire uh, almost any technology, be it civilian, be it military. Uh, and obviously they uh, do not come to Israel because of its uh, market. After all, Israel is a small market. And uh, they are uh, recognizing the state of Israel and have normal relations with Israel only because in their mind, we carry the promise of putting an end to the Iranian nuclear uh, program. Therefore, Israel has to act sooner. Um, actually, uh, we see in Israel a greater consensus than ever before in the defense establishment about the need uh, to confront militarily uh, Iran, because there is no other way to prevent them from becoming nuclear. Of course, we have to take into consideration that uh, if we'll have a political crisis and the government will fall, we'll have another, another uh, elections, things may get a bit messy at the political level. Hopefully, uh, Israeli politicians will be responsible enough to understand what is important and what is less important. And uh, I, uh, I'm, I finished my presentation now and I'm ready to take questions. Wonderful, thank you so much, Professor. Uh, that was quite a summary of a, a very uh, complex geopolitical situation here. Um, I definitely have some questions. You talked in, in the beginning about energy resources and turning to Iran, um, possibly for our oil and natural gas. And uh, I was just curious, isn't Israel sitting on an incredible reserve of oil and and why would Biden go to Iran or Venezuela and not to an ally? Well, we should be aware that the Israeli gas reserves are limited oh. and we are uh, we are an exporter of energy uh, to our neighbors, uh, to uh, the Palestinian Authority, to Jordan, uh, to Egypt even, uh, but uh, our capability to export uh, is uh, is limited, also due to technical uh, issues. As, uh, we don't have a pipeline 
to move uh, the gas uh, to Europe. Uh, we don't have the capacity to uh, ship uh, liquefied gas abroad. We may have to do it via Egypt that has excess capacity. But so far, uh, there is no immediate capability of Israel to supply uh, Europe uh, with gas. Understood. Um, also, you mentioned the uh, IRGC designation, right, as a, as a terrorist group. Um, and you are under the assumption that at some point a deal will take place between the U.S. and Iran. So somebody's going to have to give on that front. Uh, the Biden administration has recently said it would not budge on taking the uh, IRGC off of uh, the, the terrorist uh, designation. Do you think that they're, they're going to change their mind or do you think it will be uh, the Iranians? I'm not sure who will uh, give up uh, its position first. Um, it seems that the American defense establishment is, uh, is behind the Biden decision. Uh, but I do not rule out uh, the possibilities that uh, Iran at the last moment will make uh, a concession in order to get the benefits of uh, a nuclear agreement with, uh, with the international community. And you, for, and, you, and you think an agreement would be far worse than removing the IRGC from, from an FTO list? I'll be happy <laughs> that there would be no agreement. This is the best option sure. as, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, all the details are less important. Uh, the uh, Iranian will continue with their subversive and terrorist activities, no matter if uh, uh, the uh, Islamic you know, Revolutionary Guards are removed from the list uh, of, of terrorist organization of America. Uh, they are now on the list and they continue to do it. So, so uh, they have uh, more logistical problems, that's all. Absolutely, makes sense. Um, you know, there's there's actually, there's quite a bit of opposition to the Iran deal in the US, you know, uh, including in, in Congress, which is why Obama circumvented going through Congress the first time by not making it an actual official treaty where both parties had to, had to, sign, uh, had to sign the document. You mentioned at the beginning that there's a lot of pressure for the Biden administration to sign this deal. Where is this pressure coming from? Is it the Democratic Party? Is it Europe? I think, first of all, uh, there is a strategic decision on part of the, of the Americans that they have to concentrate uh, on China. Pivoting to, to, to China has been a policy which has been announced by Obama, Trump, and Biden. It's a, uh, it's a strategic uh, decision on part of three uh, administrations. And uh, in order to do that, they have to uh, divert some of their uh, uh, energies and military forces from other arenas. Uh, and this is why uh, the Americans have decided uh, to uh, reduce their presence in the Middle East. Nowadays, there is an additional pressure. The war uh, in Ukraine, uh, which uh, the United States uh, is, uh, was totally unprepared. They help uh, the Ukrainians 
in many ways, but uh, it uh, transpires that they uh, do not have the capability to produce as many uh, anti-tank missiles as they want to send to to Ukraine. Uh, so it is, they have a problem, an additional problem now, this is Russia, which is to some extent aligned with, uh, with China. China and Russia both uh, are, uh, want to undermine the American hegemony in the world. And uh, therefore, uh, Iran, because even more of a nuisance for them, Iran is not a real threat for America. They don't believe that the Iranian missiles that can probably reach uh, the United States will be really sent to the United States. And uh, they can deter uh, Iran. Uh, therefore, they want to remove Iran from, from the agenda when they have two more pressing issues. Before it was just one, now they have another one, Russia. I see. So you're, you're basically saying that the pressure to sign a deal comes from this ideological strategic strategic imperative to get the US out of the Middle East and onto you know more focused on its other issues. Although the energy issue may bring the Americans to some extent back into the Middle East, but they want if there is going to be their presence, they want an Iran that is able to supply the, the world energy market. So uh, it is, uh, the international constraints are such uh, that uh, America wants a deal. And of course, there is domestic pressure, domestic pressure from forces that are uh, close to the progressives or some in the State Department, uh, you know, uh, that want a deal and uh, believe, as in the past, that uh, uh, Iran will uh, accept the deal and will become a responsible international actor, uh, all those uh, hopes of 2015, of course, uh, didn't materialize, but uh, they are uh, convinced that this time uh, it will be different. Understood. Well, unfortunately, we have come to the close of our webinar. Uh, thank you so much, Professor Imbar, for joining us today. Um, be before we go, could you just tell our viewers quickly where they can find some more of your work? We have uh, a website, uh, the jiss.org.il, uh, where uh, the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security publishes uh, all of its uh, research and uh, policy papers. And uh, you are all uh, welcome to, uh, to look at it, uh, to register for our uh, newsletters and uh, join our conferences and our briefings. Wonderful. All right, thank you so much. You are welcome. All right, thank you all for joining us. Uh, for our viewers, please be on the lookout for our weekly webinar offerings email coming out over the weekend. Thank you all for joining us and hope you have a wonderful day.